Hello, everybody, and welcome to the VFX Insiders Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Cedarleaf of Cedarleaf VFX, and today we're going to be talking with Matteo Borgamanero. Matteo is an Italian-American VFX data wrangler and writer, born in New York but grew up in Italy. Speaks four languages, Italian, English, French, and Spanish. Matteo moved to L.A. three years ago and has been working in the VFX industry for the past four years. So without any further delay, let's chat with Matteo. Matteo, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you. You busy? No, not at all. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> not right now. Not You're, right now. You liar. You're lying. <laughs> well, great. Hey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm excited oh, to, to talk to you, and I'm excited to uh, get your uh, background and just get your story out there to the listeners. So, yeah, I'm excited as well. I think it's it's something great. I think this is great what you're doing. Well, excellent. Well, thank you very much. But, uh, well, you know what? Let's just get right into it. I know it's just uh, everybody's, you know, let's, let's just be respectful of everybody's time. And, and again, thank you for taking this time on your day off. So, yep. first mm-hmm. and foremost, I mean, obviously, you know, you and I go back. We went, went on Bird Box. That was a couple of years ago now. And then it's a, uh, yeah. and we worked on just most recently, which I think you're, you're working on now, uh-huh. and two is for all mankind. Yeah. Yeah. We met on, on season one from mankind. That's right. And you guys are wrapping season two soon or how, how much longer you have there? Uh, well, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say for that, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, true, but, but true. yeah, uh, but for season one, yeah, season one came out and, uh, they announced season two right away, uh, which, uh, seems like a good thing. Uh, they announced the, uh, greenlit season two for all the shows for Apple. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's exciting. It's something new. So we'll see how it goes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, all right. Well, let's see that, you know, obviously we just got our kind of list of questions and we'll just kind of go down that list and, but we'll kind of also just let the conversation go as it, as it goes. But first and foremost, um, you know, what, what is it that you do or how did you get into visual effects? I know you and I had some time to chat on set, but that's just for our listeners out there. Just, did, yeah. just some and when we met, I had, I had basically just started. I was a PA at the time and uh, it, it was just a fascinating experience. It was my first visual effects project in the US. So in a way it was kind of like my first film project because things kind of tend to be a little bit different from country, from country to country. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like most VFX people that I meet at least, uh, I got into visual effects by chance. Because uh, I went to film school, but I never really had a passion for visual effects. It was always something that I thought of as being cool or something obscure but fascinating at the same time. Kind of like, mm-hmm. like magic. It's like you don't know how the trick works, but you find it amazing. Yes. Um, but I, so I was working in New York. I was working as a PA in indie features. And I had a friend uh, that knew a VFX producer that needed, uh, needed like, help for an assistant position in, on a big European film. And so when I met, I met with the producer and uh, I was asked, like, do you know anything about visual effects? And I said, no. But uh, then I was asked, do you know anything about cameras? And there yeah, I did. So I was like, yeah, I do. And, and there I, it kind of started like that. And it was a fascinating experience. And the, but the position I was given was witness camera operator, okay. which is, it's interesting. I had never heard of it before. And I, I think they even changed the title now. I don't, I don't know what it's called. But, uh, my job was a lot of getting footage of the action that was being filmed, 
mm-hmm. and the position of the camera for each setup. It was basically like behind the scenes footage for the people in post who would then do the work and needed reference footage to understand like distances and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah. So it was a great opportunity for me because I got to see literally like it was as, as I was witnessing how a film was made with heavy motion capture and all sorts of green screens and blue screens and visual effects like that. So it was really yeah. fascinating. There was, I don't think there could have been a better job uh, for me to have at that point. Yeah, I was, that, I that's a good there. point. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. I just, just that, you know, you're, um, you're observing, you're not, and you're not under a lot of stress as you would be if you were, you came in at another position. Exactly. But you, also so. because there were seven of us for that film. So it wasn't like there was like one witness camera and if you don't get the footage, it's that's it. No, there's no footage. It was seven of us and we would concentrate on specific parts because it was a big film with m- multiple characters having like to do motion capture work. So it was, it, it wasn't as stressful because also the team was huge. Right. So it was, um, it was a great experience. It was a great first experience. Um, and the project was Valerian on the City of a Thousand Planets. Valerian, that, nice. Valerian, yeah, directed by Luc Besson. I, and I that. Uh, that was a great movie, had, actually. Yeah, and it was I a really, it, yeah. really fun movie to shoot. Yeah, and I thought it looked amazing afterwards. And I had no idea at the time, but I was working with companies like Weta Digital, ILM, Rodeo, and with the body of the content of amazing work that they have. Yeah, I mean, the heavies. But I didn't realize it at, at that time, not right away at least. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, we got to back <laughs> up. We got to back up. I forgot. I mean, for our listeners, I mean, where are you from? You got a yeah, Borga Monero. Come yeah. on, it's obvious. <laughs> well, I was born in New York, but I was raised in Italy. I'm from, uh, I have an Italian family. I moved back to Italy when I was five, and I came back to the U.S. when I was 17. Okay. And that's when, I, that's when I went to film school. And yeah, I always had a passion for film and making movies and telling stories. And yeah, and then one project brought me to New York, and I ended up staying there for a little bit. And then after that, I went to Paris, and that's where uh, we shot Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. Wow. And then uh, yeah. now you call L.A. home, I would imagine. At this point, I don't know what to call it home. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird. I'm a bit of a... I guess that's, that's, part of the, that's part of the, the cloth we wear here in the visual effects. That's how right? it is, exactly. We're cut from that. We're just nomads. Yeah, because you're in, you're in Arizona, right? But then you'll go to L.A. for some time, or you'll go elsewhere. So it's like... You, yeah. you kind of follow the work. You follow the it's, work. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, so, it's great in, in that sense. Uh, yeah, it is actually. It really is. So now we're, we're, we're caught back up now. So we kind of got the background. Now, today, you're working on For All Mankind. What, did, what is your current role there, if you can share with us? And what well, is your kind of day-to-day? Now, day-to-day I mean, it's, it's been about two years that I've been uh, data wrangling. My official title is the VFX Data Wrangler. Basically, I gather information from set and hand it over to the people in post. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, depending on how many wranglers there are, we tend to divide our duties. But uh, basically, most, I mean, most of the information we get comes from the camera department. For mm-hmm. example, camera settings for a shot, uh, the lens that's being used, the way the camera is being used, like if it's on a dolly or if it's being handheld, like the height of the camera it's the instance of the subject or the blue screen. Like there's so many like, different measurements that we have to take and we use laser pointers and all sorts of things. It's, it's almost like you're an architect in a way or you're just gathering information on a, uh, what do you call it, on a construction site. Right, right. And then uh, like measurements of objects that need to be recreated digitally or set pieces. And we take a lot of reference photos. So we need to have a good understanding of cameras, the SLRs. Um, we take photos of 
set pieces, props, characters, uh, camera setups, lighting, anything that whoever is in post, whoever, whatever part the CG artist is working on, if he wants to go back and see what it was like, what camera was being used, what was the, the um, general like, setting of everything, at least they can go back and look at all those photos and, right. as if they were there. Right. Um, well, I noticed too. I know. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I noticed them too when we were working on for all mankind on season one. Uh, when we were there, I noticed that uh, that you were doing a lot of photogrammetry, just doing a lot of just. Yes. Um, is that something too that a data regular would do, or is that just more what the the visual effects supervisor would kind of throw at you? I'm sure you probably have to wear many hats or just do whatever yeah, whatever they throw at you. You're comfortable doing, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it really depends on the project, and I've not I haven't been doing it for a long time. It's yeah, about two years now. So I mean, on on some cases, there will be one person. Uh, I mean, depending on the production, of course, there will be one person who will come in and just do that, just right. take texture, photography, photogrammetry, and I will concentrate more on like the the camera info and because it's kind of like it's like you're hopping on a train, right? Like the like the way the set works, it's on a train and it's going and. There's not like, oh, I need to take a bathroom break. No, you have to be there and get all the info while you're there. You know, <laughs> yeah, so you have to make analogy. the best out of it. And if, and if you're not getting, if you're not taking it, the train, if you're not get hopping on that train, that train is going to leave. Yeah, you missed no, it. No matter what. It's yeah. not going to wait for you. Yeah. So it, depending, it, it's sometimes you kind of do everything yourself, depending on, so on the day, depending on who's available. And it's happened where I had to do photogrammetry and then take notes and then, the ball passes each your eyes and all that stuff and other days it was uh lighter because we had one person who just did that another person who did the scanning and i mean i never do the scanning it's people like you that come in and scan the whole set piece and yeah wow. and then deliver it wow that's great yeah i mean yeah it's just so much that you know even me i'm still learning a lot of the process that happens with you know, again, everybody that I meet on set that, you know, you know, what is it that they do and what is the, what role do you, what, what do you like about it? And I guess that's, that's kind of the next question. And again, I know these are questions that are, you know, we're just trying to probe and, and get um, just some dialogue out there. I know if you're not comfortable with answering a question like, you know, what's the worst part about right now being a data ringer? Sure. Um, and then we can segue right into what's the best part. So I don't know if you're a half empty kind of guy or half full glass guy but uh you know if you want to say the the best and the worst and you know whichever one uh what, what we can start with the worst there we go let's get it out of the way <laughs> let's get it out of, out of our system <laughs> <laughs> we're like a counseling uh, yeah, there, you go. there we go i'm taking notes <laughs> well the worst part about this <laughs> the worst part about this job is that if at least when i'm the only wrangler if i don't get the necessary information as I said, from a shot, no one else will. So there is certainly a little bit of responsibility in that. Right. Uh, where in some cases, uh, yeah, you don't get the ba that bathroom break. You know, it's, you have to be there no matter what. Right. Uh, another downside is that you meet people along the way and, you know, you work on a project for six months, you spend 15 hour days with the same people and it becomes <laughs> almost like a brotherhood, right? You become so close to these people. Yeah. And then you're overseas or you're somewhere and then the production's over. You, you can still keep in touch, but you might never see them again. I've worked yeah. with people that I really liked or like were kind of like mentors to me. And then I mean, you never got to see them because they're always busy in other projects. You're busy in projects in a different country. So who knows? Maybe one day you'll see them again or maybe you won't. 
You know, that's a really good, good, I've never really thought it from that way because, you know, we're, we're typically, we come in as needed. Whereas you guys, like you said, you're there for thick and thin for 13 weeks sometimes or longer. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I, I never thought of that. That's a very good point that you, all of a sudden you're in this like relationship vacuum after, after rap. And then yeah. you know, you're kind of wandering around. Where did where, everybody go? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's a really good insight. I have not thought of that before. That's really yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. So then, obviously, I don't know it's, if there's any more of the negative aspects of it. I want to say negative. It's just more, you know, just the frustrating things about it. But moving into what do you really enjoy, you know, leading up to where you, you again started when we first started chatting is that you are now at a data wrangler. So I'm it's kind of hard to say what do you like best about the VFX industry, which I, that's a okay. too broad a question, but it's just like, what do you like best now about being a data wrangler at this stage? You know, well, the best part, the best part about this job, at least, is that once the production's over, you might not see certain people again. There <laughs> <So. laughs> we go. There's a, there's, there's a good side to that as well. That's why we like to talk to Mateo, just a straight shooter, man. Just, just put it right <laughs> no, across the bow. <laughs> unfortunately there have been more people that have been sad to part ways with than others agreed agreed uh, but there's always one there's always that. That. the world is not perfect and nobody's perfect uh, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> neither am i and nobody is. <laughs> you know it's, it's you know yeah, we, 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 yeah i'm sure the people there are, are, are mutual at some point in time yeah you know? but uh yeah. that's <laughs> but yeah that's i mean <laughs> the, i mean and I have to say proper, I guess the best part is collaborating with people from different departments. I guess I, that's what I really like about my job because in a way you're involved in, like if anything happens where uh, another department has an issue with something or something doesn't work, mm-hmm. visual effects always has to step in. And as my job, I kind of have to like go, go in with the supervisor and annotate whatever's going wrong and, and making sure that in post, we know what needs to be fixed and what doesn't. I'm like a note taker in that sense on site. And it's interesting because by doing that, I learned more or less like generally what every department does and what their duties are when they make mistakes, when they don't make mistakes, when something needs to be fixed or in collaborating with the departments. Like, I don't know if a certain piece of costume needs to have a certain element uh, needed for visual effects. We communicate with the costumes uh, department people and we understand how they work. It's yeah. really fascinating in that yeah. sense. And even in some shows that uh, aren't visual effects heavy, like I'll have some days where I'm basically on set and, and on call, right? In case something uh, doesn't work, like a TV breaks or like when, there, when we need to do a monitor replacement when we didn't need to do it before or uh, I don't know, in the background, there's a non-picture vehicle that's popping up in a, in a period piece and it's a modern car, so we have to change right. it up. So there's a lot of that and it's me having a passion for f- film generally. It's it's fascinating to be able to participate and to witness everything that's happening. Yeah, so it's like an upgrade yeah. from a witness cam operator in a way. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, exactly. I mean, and I think for me, it's just, I, I think you feel the same way, is that, that you're in a very creative environment and it's very fluid. And, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. there to try to do one thing. And that's just to make that, the, you know, a great, a great piece of entertainment, whether it's a TV show, a commercial or, you know, a feature film. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think it's just really, really neat to be able to dip in and, and do a lot of things and, and just always be busy. It's just, uh, mm-hmm. but, yeah, you know, on the same hand, 
those days get long. You know, the days yeah. do get long too. They do. But they do go mm-hmm. fast if you you keep uh, you keep yourself busy. So that's mm-hmm. that's a great uh, great thing about it. Yeah, it's that's those are very good points. So. Well, Mateo, I did not prep you on this, but there was a ding there. But, you know, that's a that's a good segue. We're going to break for a, a, a commercial, a quick commercial, and we're going to be right back. So okay. um, everybody hang in there. We're going to be right back talking to Mateo Borgamanero. Hi, everybody. We're back with Mateo Borgamanero. We're discussing uh, about his day-to-day work as a data wrangler. Um, now we're going to be wrapping up and just kind of getting on the more lighter side. And, um, you know, again, uh, talking with uh, Mateo. Welcome back, Mateo. Thank you. So um, now we're talking, we just were talking about the best things we like. And again, I, I really do like your insights on there. But now we're going to kind of take it a little bit outside the box and I know you and I have been on many sets and there's been lots of crazy things happening, but what is the wildest thing that, you know, either happened to you to you or something that you've been asked to do um, that's just Oof. way out of the box. Um, I know that's thing. <laughs> yeah, craziest, funniest, awkward. <laughs> so I don't know if my brain is trying to shut them off completely. Or, <laughs> uh, I mean, no, I, I wouldn't think anything out of, I mean, I don't want to say out of the ordinary because everything is always out of the ordinary on a film set because it's right. every day is different and that's what's awesome about it. Um, I mean, on, on, on one occasion, uh, we had a raging longhorn cow on set. And I, I mean, it was a joke, but I was asked to place tracking markers on the, on the <laughs> horns. <laughs> but if it hadn't been a joke, I would have done it because it's, <laughs> it's fun. Now that, Why not? now that, yeah, there you go. Man, oh man, a longhorn cow. I mean, a real one. A real one. A real longhorn cow. Wasn't it? It wasn't in the greatest mood, (laughs) as one would imagine. It was like a night shoot as well. Um, But yeah, and I was there, and I I didn't have to. Thank God, (laughs) I wasn't asked to do that. Uh, I was like, no, it's a joke. Um, Rather than that, and I, I don't know. I guess it's. That was kind of hard to top, though. I mean, you can't, you know, that that that's a. I mean, you you <laughs> that one's kind of hard to to you know beat. We'll have to chalk that one up to the weirdest thing I've I've heard so far. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there's anything I've really been asked you know, to do, but more things that happened. Uh, I guess it depends on the set, and nothing. I don't think it's anything that the rest of the crew didn't go through. Like True. if the camera guys have to go in, in ice cold water and there's no other way to get camera data, then I will have to go too. You know, it's yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. It's, yeah. you gotta hover hover around them like a fly, and yeah. So whatever, it's it's more yeah, I guess more a collective thing. I don't know though. I don't know like crazy things that happened. 
Well, we'll, we'll probably we'll definitely have you back on the show, but maybe we'll we'll uh, you know let you think about that. Maybe something crazy will happen between now and the next. There time you go. Maybe something crazy will happen. <laughs> so we're we're kind of people. bringing that energy towards you. So, <laughs> well, you know what? Let's let's look at this. I know you and I had talked before, and and this is kind of the reason for the podcast is that you know I've been doing this for for quite a while. You know, fifteen years plus on on the, the, the scope that we do, that we provide. Um, mm -hmm. and then, but, you know, you and I were t t talking about you know, the industry is really interesting. And I know a lot of it's kind of word of mouth of who you worked with before. Yeah. And a lot of it's by chance that you get, uh, you're just there. You happen to be there at the right time. Kind of like what you mentioned earlier as a witness cam operator is that, you know, as a, as a, you know, a veteran in the industry, now you've been in it for a few years. What, what do you, what advice would you have for yeah, someone? Yeah. You know, it's that someone who's kind of like you and young and would that back in the day and was looking and it's enjoys film, wants to be in film, TV, visual effects. What advice um, would you give to someone like that? If they're just, you know, kind of, if they were young Mateos back, just getting their first time on set. Well, I guess, it, I don't know, I guess it depends what you're looking to get into. I mean, if you're in love with a craft and you want to become an artist or anything in post, then I think doing some set experience can help you have a broader understanding of how things work uh, on set and, and why they work the way they do. Mm -hmm. um, and also the other way around, definitely, because it's like, I mean, beginning, I, I was being taught all these things, but then I had a couple of jobs in post and... I mean, as a data wrangler, I got the time to, and in post I had different time, I was a PA and in one of them I was a coordinator. And there were times where I had to pull up uh, an image of a shot or a slate uh, or a certain element. And it wasn't, if it wasn't cataloged or labeled the same way that, with the same terminology that we in post had, right. it made it a little bit harder to find. And I've made this mistake as well in the past. I mean, it's all a learning process. Right. Um, so finding and uh, making sure that uh, everything is named properly and separately, like slate by slate uh, and having the right terminology that everyone else uses is crucial because mm -hmm. uh, you're taking loads and loads of data every single day, uh, loads of photos and, and you want to make sure that whoever's looking for them can find them easily. I think that's a very important thing. Yeah, you know, I guess you're right because it's just, yeah. I mean, I guess people really don't realize how much is being collected in, you know, gosh, sometimes it's a 16-hour day, um, you know, 12 yeah, to 16 hours. I didn't realize that myself either. It's just there's so much. Um, uh, and I guess, yeah, it's, so definitely getting set experience if you want to be an artist. And if you want to be an on-set on person, wrangler or what have you, having some time and spending some time in post and seeing uh, how everyone else works, mm -hmm. I think it definitely makes your job easier. And I mean, for what, for what I know, I mean, visual effects, it seems like there's a whole world to explore. It's, and, it's, and it keeps growing more and more. It's, it's what's beautiful about it. Yeah, it's I mean, it's just, you're right. Just the, 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 the advent of technology and and digital cameras and you know even some of the really neat stuff that you know we're doing on on the capture side it's just it's just amazing just to see how how things have changed in just the the short time of you know the advent of technology and the advances of technology so 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, just this year with all the movies that came out and the fascinating work that there was for visual effects. And it seems like every couple of years, there's something new. There's, they're always pushing the boundaries and right? raising the bar. Yeah. Cool. Well, do you, I mean, I, this is another kind of an off the wall question. This is, this isn't scripted, but um, so are you, what, what, what's your long-term goals? I don't know if this is something we talked about, if you're willing to share, do, do you yeah. still, mm-hmm. still have the passion for, for film? You, you try to want to do some producing or directing or. Um, uh, yeah. Directing. I like writing on, on my time off. Uh, as I said, visual effects was never a passion, but it's a fascinating world to grow in and it's i find it a fascinating world complementary to what my passions are because right. uh, also movies that don't necessarily have a lot of visual effects apparently uh, or seemingly they actually do uh like like what do they call it non-invasive right. realistic visual effects and that's something that i find fascinating it's just so interesting and making you believe it's there like a like a, a wall or i don't know you watch a movie like ford versus ferrari or uh yeah. joker like these yeah. set extensions so they have it's beautiful yeah i mean even with the mandalorian with everything they're doing with the just all the the virtual production and just putting yeah. people in in environments that are not real but they, yeah. they look yeah. so real it's just, just i don't know how the actors do it uh, i don't know yeah i guess it's, they, they have the they can project themselves out somehow i don't know yeah. I, I just get distracted with you know someone sneezes or coughs yeah exactly. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Fascinating. well mateo we are winding down to our, our time here i would love to keep chatting um but i know you got a day yeah, off too. to do and um we, we just uh you know again would love to Love to meet. That was the other thing too. I would love to see how maybe this is something too that this podcast can help do. It's just bring more awareness to you know people who, you know, like-minded people to get into groups or you know to get into you know a pub night. I hate all those kinds of things because I can never really hear anybody on a when we go to a. <laughs> but you know, just to just you scream and, and you get out of the throat after. Yeah, exactly. But you know, just trying to find some venues to be able to talk and. And share stories and yeah you know, hopefully this will kind of be a start of something like that and but i do want to thank you again so much for coming on the show and taking time oh, thank out you for having day. me and uh uh we'll also be putting you know if you'd like to get in touch with mateo um if he's um okay with that we'll put some contact information or his social media addresses and some email and maybe even a link to his reel but um you know anything like that we'll, we'll put in the, the show notes and um we'll take it from there mateo thank you again thank you very much Scott. 